This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi na'hamduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina. Man yahdihillahu falamudillalahu man yudlil falahadiyalah. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه تسليما كثيرا أما بعض فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار. We have completed the first part of today's lesson being the fundamental principle of believing that the Quran is the speech of Allah. From Him it came and it began and to Him it's going to return. The meaning is from Allah. The haruf are from Allah. When it's read, it is the speech of Allah. When you hear it, it is the speech of Allah that you have heard. And the Muslim shouldn't be shy or embarrassed or reluctant to say this and to believe it and not to be afraid of people who go against this particular principle and not to be in doubt as it relates to this issue. And also last week, we ended the lecture with the issue of taking the words of the ulama and applying them in a context that the ulama didn't want and they didn't mean. And this is something that we find with some of our brothers who have a claim and make a claim that they are on the sunnah and they're from the ghulat because they go over they go overboard in their love for two scholars, three scholars, and they also go overboard with making tabdir and just taking people out of the sunnah for issues that don't warrant that. And we want to appeal to these brothers and appeal to people who are like that. This is a dangerous issue. Taking the words of the scholars out of context. So the scholars of the past, they used to mention that the one who believed that the Quran was created, some scholars said that was an innovation. He's an innovator. Other scholars said that the person is a kafir. Other scholars said, if you doubt their kufr, then you're a kafir. But these different rulings came because they were talking about different people in different places and different contexts. So we know that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him. He said that the jama'ah is the haq. Even if you are by yourself, the jama'ah is the haq. Al-jama'ah hiya al-haq, wa kunta wahdik. It is the, the truth, even if you're by yourself. So Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased him, with him, was the jama'ah. The day when the Prophet died, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and the Murtadun, the apostates, they apostated. And none of the companions agreed with Abu Bakr about his position. So he was the Jama'at. And Imam Ahmed, Rahmatullahi Alayhi, during his time, during the rule of the Abbasid period, Al Imam Ahmed was persecuted. He was persecuted by these leaders who believed that the Quran was created. And they took the position of the Mu'tazila. 
And they supported and had intisad to the position of the Mu'tazila. So when Imam Ahmed stood up amongst the major scholars and he was persecuted and imprisoned because of that. And he didn't have people supporting him except people who were less in degree in terms of their uh, notoriety. You don't know these people, Muhammad ibn Nuh and people like that. Rahmatullahi alayhi. So Imam Ahmed was the haq. He was the jama' on that day because he stood with only a few people. So someone wants to take that statement of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and he wants to use it improperly. So he says that according to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, the haq is the jama'. So I believe that this particular thing is the haq. So therefore I'm the jama'at and I don't care who goes against me. I don't care. They could be from the scholars. They could be from all my friends, everyone in the masjid in the city. I don't care because Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said that the jama'at is the haq, even if you're by yourself. So he's taken that statement of one of the salaf out of context and he's applying it in a way in which he's showing that he's too impressed with himself. They were duped in their religion. They were reduped by their religion. They were duped in and by their religion because of what they used to make up. So the man sees himself against all odds. He's the number one person in the community. And he uses the statement of the Salaf to support that. We say no. We say no. So we have to relax with that. As it relates to this issue, Al-Imam Al-Humaydi Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Alayhi, he never brought any delil to support and to prove what he's saying. Again, we as Muslims have to take it easy. Our shabab have to slow down. And don't walk around with your chest pumped out saying, show me the delil. I'm the person of the delil. On one hand, you have to respect, honor, and want the proof. No doubt about that. But don't walk around as if you're the only one who's like that. And sometimes our ulama, you will find some of the great scholars of the past and some of the great scholars now, when they're asked a question, they don't give delil sometimes. They just say halal haram. And then the youngster says, well, I don't really like him and I don't check for him because he really doesn't bring the delil. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. That's not how we're going to exist. That's not how we're going to exist. When we know that the person is from the Sahib Sunnah and he has knowledge and he has shown us his works, then if he doesn't give us the delil, we don't condemn him. If he gives us the delil, alhamdulillah, if he doesn't give us the delil, we don't condemn a person because he didn't give the delil. We have to relax with that. We have to learn how to be humble in our search for knowledge and in our dawah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So as it relates to the proofs that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah and it's not created, then there are many proofs that the ulama of the sunnah have used. Now, to be honest with you, is not the time, the goal, or the objective of this class. Don't you know when it comes to the Qur'an being the kalam of Allah and the people said it was created, they are nine different categories of people? Nine. I mentioned three. But those nine can be concised and reduced to those three. I'm not going to sit up here and waste your time and waste your time saying, and this group at Kulabiya, they said that one. And these ones over here, they said, for what? All we have to do is get to the needy gritty. Just get to the meat and potatoes of the issue. And that is, 
El Iman goes up and it goes down. How? It goes up by the remembering, by the ta'a of Allah, obeying Allah. And it goes down when you disobey Allah. Let's get with the program now. As for sitting and debating and discussing, being theoretical, this becomes a problem. This becomes a problem. So people on the fitrah, the fitrah that Allah created the people on is real simple and easy. The Quran, the kalam of Allah. And the companions didn't say what? How? When? Where? No, they didn't say that. Alakullin will share with you, inshallah, some of the adilla from the Quran and just a few from the authentic sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ اسْتَجَارَكَ فَأَجِرْهُ حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ Ya Muhammad, you and your community, if one of the polytheists who is a non-Muslim comes to seek from you protection, he wants to be protected by you, then give him your protection. Give it to him. Agree to it so that he can hear the kalam of Allah. So Allah called it the kalam of Allah, although the Prophet is going to be the one who would be reading it. One of his community members will be the one who's reading the Quran. Hatta yasma'a kalam Allah. So the Quran is the kalam of Allah when you hear it. It is the kalam of Allah when you read it. It is the kalam of Allah when it's written in the mushaf. It is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's a dilil. None of the Quran, none of the companions when this ayat was revealed came and said, what do you mean? Does Allah have speech? How is his speech? Why? They didn't say that. The ayat is just saying that and that's where we should stop. As Abdullah bin Mas'ul said, stop where the companions stopped. Don't go beyond what they did. It is as simple as that. It is a recipe for success. And other than that, it's a recipe for disaster. A re- recipe for being wretched. A recipe for being of those people who will be from the khasirin. Those who are the losers. Yomul Qiyamah. So that's one of the main proofs that the scholars of Salafiyah the scholars of the Salaf used to use to show and to refute the weak positions that these other people brought. SubhanAllah, it's amazing. The Mu'tazila, the Asha'ira, SubhanAllah. They would bring a line of poetry from a person who was a Christian and we're not even sure, does that line of poetry even go back to him? It's mashkuk fi, what he said. We don't even know. There's doubt that the Christian man even say it. So listen to this. There is a line of poetry that the Asha'ira and others use to support that the Quran is created. And as proof of that, they use a line of poetry from a man who's a non-Muslim. He's a Christian. His name is Akhtal. And we don't even know if this line of poetry authentically goes back to him. And then when it comes to a hadith that are what's known as hadith al-ahad, singular hadith, Umar is the only companion that narrated that hadith. Those hadith al-ahad, the asha'ira come and say, we don't care if the hadith al-ahad has been agreed upon by Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim, both of them. We don't accept it if it's an aqidah. They said, if it was narrated by Bukhari by himself or Muslim by himself, we don't accept it if it's an aqidah. 
and yet they come, wallahi, yet they come and they support the statement of a Christian that we don't even know. Did that Christian really even say that statement? We don't even know who said it. And they're going to use that as a delil. This is a terrible thing that they have made up and the stuff that they say. And this is the problem with following these groups and people who give the taqdeem of their intellect over the nus. People will start to have you thinking in a way in which you're twisted up. Have you thinking that something is not that difficult? It is always possible for you to learn. It may be from the higher lot knowledge. It can be from usul fiqh. It can be from a jahwa ta'adil. It can be from the qira'at. It can be from those aspects of the religion that are not for the everyday Amr Bakr and Zayd. But if you were sat down and you were to be taught by someone who knew what he was talking about, knew what she was talking about, and they took their time with you and you opened your ears and you paid attention, you can clearly get a grasp and an appreciation of what is the reality of the Qira'at, seven or ten. You don't have to be a memorizer of the Qur'an, a graduate of the University of Medina, Umm al-Qura, in order to appreciate it or to understand it. But when you give yourself to these personalities and when you give yourself to these groups, these jama'at and these ideas, then what happens, you'll go for the okey-doke. You'll go for the 56 fake out. They'll get you. And they'll tell you things like, you can't understand unless you come on my special seminar, pay some money and I'll help you to understand. We're not against people giving seminars and charging people for their time and for teaching. I'm not against that. But what I am against is, instead of sending the people astray with ambiguous matters that you're making confused in their minds, instead of doing that, just avoid the issue altogether. And if you bring the issue up, then make it clear to the people what's the reality of the issue and don't leave it in a way where people start to doubt their religion. The point here is, don't give your minds to the craziness of Benny Adam. And I don't care who he happens to be. Over the last 20 years, some of our brothers have given their minds to the madness and the craziness of some sheikhs who are teaching them. The sheikh should know better than anyone else that he's taken the hadith out of context when he wants to show the people that you will be asked, Yomul Qiyama, about this person or that person or this person who they made tabdiya. Sheikh, where's the delil that I'll be asked about that? The Sheikh says, the hadith of Munkar Nakir. Who's your Lord? Allah. What's your religion? Al-Islam. What do you just have to say about that man who came, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He's Muhammad, Rasulullah and Abdullah. The Sheikh said, this is a delil that you have to be aware and you have to know about the reality of this person and that person. He's, he's a mubtadi, not a... That's the sheikh playing with the religion. That's the sheikh taking the religion out of context, giving people examples and statements from the salaf so that reverts and new, newly practicing Muslims who don't have a clue because they don't know. We just follow and listen to the madness that people are peddling and trafficking in and make a tarweej trying to say that this is from the deen of Allah. Wa hey hat, hey hat. So as it relates to the Adilla, 
from the proofs is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ala lahu al-khalq wal-amru tabarakallahu rabbul alameen verily to Allah belongs the creation and to Allah belongs the amr the affair tabarakallah glory unto Allah blessed is Allah the lord of all the worlds the scholars of Islam ibn Sufyan ibn Uyayna and other than him they use this as a delil against these people because Allah Ta'ala said verily to Allah belongs the creation the creation and also so the wow in Al-Islam the wow the wow it can mean that there is something and then something else Ja'a Ahmed Bilal Ahmed came and Bilal came two separate different entities so Allah has mentioned verily to him belongs Al-Khalq he created everything and to him belongs Al-Amr the order the command and what's the meaning of that it's the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَنْ يَقُولَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُنْ Verily, the affair with Allah, if he wants something, الْأَمْرُ The affair, the command with Allah, is if he wants something, he just says, كُنْ And it becomes, be, and it becomes. So Allah Ta'ala created everything in existence, and he created it by saying, كُنْ And it came into existence. There are a few things that Allah created, and he created them with his own hands. And this is important for the aqidah of the people of the sunnah. Allah Ta'ala's Prophet told us وسلم, that Allah created the jannah with his own hands. He created the pen with his own hands. He created the arush, the arush, his throne with his own hands. And he created Adam with his own hands. And that's why he told the malaika, usjudu li adama. Bow down to Adam. And that's why they bowed down, because Allah created Adam and honored Adam and his children over the malaika and over the jinn, because Allah created Adam with his own hands. Ma mana'aka an tasjuda lima khalaqtu biyadayya. Ya Iblis, Allah said, what prevented you from bowing down to the one that I created with my own two hands? And the two hands of Allah are right hands. Both of them are right hands. We don't ask about how, why, when, where. If you want to do that, then that's your business. But my advice is, the advice of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, stick to what the companions left. They have left you that which is sufficient for you, more than enough for you. Also, from the adillah that show that the Quran is the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it's not all of Allah's kalam. The Quran is min kalamillah. It's from Allah's kalam. From Allah's kalam is the Torah and the Injil and the Zubur. It's not all of the Quran, all of the Quran, the Torah, the Injil, all of these together do not constitute all of the kalam of Allah. All of that is from the kalam of Allah. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, Qul. لو كان البحر مدادا لكلمات ربي لنفد البحر قبل أن تنفد كلمات ربي ولو جئنا بمثله مددا Say unto them, Ya Muhammad, 
If the pens or the trees on the earth were pens and the ocean were ink and you were to try to write the words of Allah, the ink of these oceans would dissipate and disappear and be exhausted before the words of Allah are exhausted. And another ayat similar to this in Surah Luqman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, وَلَوْ أَنَّمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مِنْ شَجْرَةٍ أَقْلَامٍ وَالْبَحْرُ يُمُدُّهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ سَبْعَةُ أَبْحُرًا مَا نَفَدَتْ كَلِمَاتُ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ The ayah said, if all of the pens on the earth were pens, if all of the trees on the face of the earth were pens, all of the trees on the face of the earth were pens. And you know, when you look in Brazil, the Brazilian rainforest and those other places in South America, and these people are killing, killing these natural habitats of many animals and compromising the safety of mankind and the perpetuation, inshallah, of life on earth. But you've seen those programs and you see how many, how many trees are out there. If all of those trees, all of them were pens and then you had the ocean and then you added seven more oceans to that ocean and you started to write the words of Allah, those oceans would, would have exhausted. They would have been exhausted before the words of Allah became exhausted. So that goes to show that Allah's kalam is with no nihaya, no bidaya. It has no beginning, it has no end, meaning it has no end. Allah's al-awwal wal-akhir. He is the first who there is nothing before him, and he is last, and there is nothing after Allah Azza wa Jal. So his kalam is infinite, infinite. The Quran is some of his kalam. The Torah Injil, Az-Zubur, some of his kalam. But his kalam, the Quran is from his kalam, and his kalam is a characteristic of his. And it comes from his knowledge, subhanahu wa ta'ala, as al-Imam Ahmed said to me, takfir of people, certain people like Bishr al-Marisi. Al-Imam, al-Imam, the great scholar Sufyan al-Thawri said, whoever says, qul huwallahu ahad, Allahu samad, whoever says that is created is a non-Muslim. But that kalam comes from the source, he said, as al-Imam Abdullah ibn Ahmed narrated, he said, ahad comes from the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alladhi la nihayat lahu, that has no end to it whatsoever. So that's also a proof that Allah ta'ala's kalam is from his characteristics and like Allah's knowledge, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's other characteristics, there's no nihaya to his knowledge, subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the authentic sunnah, then there are a number of a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that established this and from them is the dua he used to say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam over Hassan Hussein, u'idhukuma bi kalimatillah at-tamma min kulli shaytanin wa hamma wa min kulli aynan wa lamma. I seek refuge in the perfect words of Allah. For you, Hassan and Hussein. So by seeking refuge in the perfect words of Allah, you only can seek refuge in Allah or in a characteristic from his characteristics. Qul, a'udhu bi Rabbin nas. 
So you can seek refuge in Allah or in his characteristics. So the Prophet ﷺ, he showed, if a person seeks refuge in other than Allah, you may shirk. A person says, I seek refuge in Allah. That's kufr and shirk. I seek refuge and protection in Isa ibn Maryam. Kufr and shirk. You only can seek refuge in Allah or a characteristic from his characteristics. I seek refuge in the perfect words of Allah. In the hadith of Khawla bintu Hakim, anha, she said that the Prophet says, وسلم, a similar hadith, anyone who's traveling, when you come to a place, if you say this dua, I seek refuge in the perfect words of Allah from the evil that he created. Nothing will harm you as long as you're in that place. So when you're performing Hajj or Umrah and you're going from Mecca, Medina or from Medina to Mecca and you pull off of the main highway, the motorway to get some rest, get some food. Anytime you go to a pit stop, anytime you're traveling, simple, easy dua. I seek refuge in the perfect words of Allah from the evil that Allah has created. So you can seek refuge in Allah's characteristic. If you seek refuge in other than that, you have made shirk with Allah Azawajal. Al-Imam Al-Humaydi Rahmatullahi Ta'ala and we open up a new principle now. But to be honest with you, I don't know why he brought this principle here because he already did it. We already went over it. He said that I heard Sufyan say, and we told you Sufyan is Ibn Uyayna. I heard Sufyan say that Al-Iman is your statement and it consists of actions. Your Iman goes up, it increases, and it decreases. And the brother of Sufyan Ibn Uyayna, his name was Ibrahim, when Sufyan ibn Uyayna said that Al-Iman goes up and comes down, and his brother Ibrahim heard him say that, his brother Ibrahim said, Ya Aba Muhammad, yani, Ya Sufyan ibn Uyayna, to his brother Ibrahim said to Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna, Ya Aba Muhammad, don't say that Iman decreases. When his brother advised him with that, Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna said to him, he became angry and he said, Uskut la ya sabi, be quiet, youngster, be quiet, you youngster. Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna, who was older than his brother Ibrahim, when the younger brother said to his senior brother, make an inkar, saying, don't say Iman goes down. Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna said, Uskut, Uskut ya sabi, hey, you be quiet, youngster. And this is what we have to say to our shabab. Uskotu, ya shabab. You youngsters have to take it easy and not put yourself in the front of affairs. Talk about what you know, but stay in your lane. Uskotu, la tatkallamu. The brother of Sufyan ibn Uyayn Ibrahim, they said he was a person with Saduq. He was a good person, but he wasn't from the Ashabul Hadith. He wasn't from those who had knowledge and so forth and so on. So Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna told his brother, know your position and play your role and stay in your lane. It's amazing how some of these kids get on the internet and start offering their opinions for or against things. Listen, benefit, and keep it moving. Go on to the next point. 
listen, disagree, and be quiet. You know, it's amazing due to the hatred, this hatred that we have. You read some of this stuff, and I advise, don't read it, but if you read some of this stuff, you'll find, A, how uneducated we are, because a lot of these kids, they don't know what the point is. They're addressing issues that are not at the point. And it also shows how uneducated we are in that the writing is atrocious. The English is atrocious. When you read what people say, you become confused. But the main thing, because we're not here for English lessons, you become amazed at the position, the position that is being taken due to ignorance, hisbiyah, and vulm, it's oppression. So in this case, we say to our shabab, like Sufyan ibn Uyayna used to say, be quiet, just know your position and play your role and stay in your lane. He went on to say, the iman of a person can decrease until nothing remains of his iman. And that's indicative of a lot of proofs. The Prophet says about those people who make an amr al-maruf and al-nahyan al-munkar, or they don't. فَمَنْ جَاهَدُهُمْ بِيَدِهِ فَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ جَاهَدُهُمْ بِلِسَانِهِ فَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ جَاهَدُهُمْ بِقَلْبِهِ فَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ وَلَيْسَ وَرَاءَ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ Whoever fights against these people with his hand, he's a believer. Whoever fights against them with his lisan by speaking out, he's a believer. Anyone who hates what they're doing in his heart, he's a believer. And everything other than that, whoever can't do those three things, he has no iman, not even an Adam's seed of iman, a mustard seed of iman, an Adam's worth of al iman. So Sufyan ibn Uyayna was telling his brother, be quiet. Your iman can go down until you become a kafir. Your iman goes down until nothing remains of your iman. And it can keep going up and up and up and up and up as long as you obey Allah. And Allah is a'la and a'lam. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.